This is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel good enough. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'm here with Dr. Rob Lehman. He's an emeritus professor. That means like big, super fancy, has learned a lot of stuff. Means old. Old. I did say that to you earlier. I'm like, <laughs> you're old. Um, professor of pediatrics and adolescent medicine. He's taken care of children in juvenile detention, homeless centers, clinics, hospital settings, um, chronic care facilities for decades of time. And his great passion is really helping teens, their parents, and those who care about them understand their sexuality and keeping them safe through this great traverse and transition of kind of um, middle childhood to, I guess, when their brain is maybe fully formed at 25. Yeah? Uh, yes. Okay. How scary is that? It's a little bit scary. Yeah. Because yeah, we let people drive automobiles when they're like 15. We let them join armies at 18. And... Yeah. We encourage them in some parts of the world. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is a show where we're going to talk directly about what to say to boys about sex kind of in different age groups. Right. Rob is playing along, and we're going to go by the ages. So here you are. You have your newborn baby boy. You're deliciously excited about that. You bring your baby home. And this is when it begins? It, it absolutely does. And it, it, it may not be as much a verbal instruction to huh. your boy because he's newborn. Yeah. But it's demonstrating things. You're demonstrating sexuality by how you, a parent, deal with other adults. Mm-hmm. And he already is is um, bringing that inside and uh, using this as how he's going to learn how people interrelate and how women interact with women, women with men. So by the time they actually get to us uh, and are verbal, they they already know a lot. They already know about how Mm -hmm. in their culture, in their society, how do women act? How do men act? And how they cover up their bodies. And and how you treat your body. It's all learned. Yeah. Well, like everything in parenthood, right? Yeah. That's why it's so stinking high stakes. Because, like, we're on stage the whole flipping time. Okay, so it starts from the beginning because we're modeling. And and what house you grew up in, does it matter a lot? Like, are you a more modest person when you grow up in a modest house? What do you think? Um, yeah. I mean, we all come from our own um, culture and belief <laughs> systems. And yeah. um, so if if we were very modest— so n- no nudity at home. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take the other one. Let's take the opposite. Because okay. some families will say, I come from a family where nudity was completely okay. When the whole family took hot tubs together. <laughs> Is that okay to do with my 16-year-old son? Um, and I'll say, um, Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's get let's get a clean piece of paper out. Let's, let's write this down. I'll say. Yeah. Okay. Um, first, I have to find out how much uh, how much talking there's been about sexuality, about yeah. your body, and secondly, uh, your boy is not only uh, part of your family, but he's now part of a culture, a whole world, a whole yeah. world, yeah. and the world may not, in fact, be exactly in line with the way your family is. Whether it's truly very conservative in terms of how they cover up or truly the opposite. Yeah. Well, that that's just the thing we always have to do, which is, you know, at our house, we don't turn our cell phones on during dinner. You may see other people do it, but here this is what we do, right? right. So we can treat it just like how we talk about a cell phone. Absolutely. Right? In our house, we shower together and maybe other people don't do that. Or in our house, we don't. And I right. don't walk around unless I have a full bathrobe on. And that's how we do it here. Right. But, and we and And going back to the early childhood, you can say in our house, 
we use the proper words for the parts of the body. Yeah. Do you? So let's go. Let's dive right into the preschool time. So yeah. I think that's the next time I think parents are thinking, what am I going to say to my boy about sex when he's three or four or going off to kindergarten? Body Where's, parts. Body, body parts. parts. Um, and are like, what if a boy names his penis something? Does that happen? I mean, I feel like that happens. I hear oh, that in clinic sure. all the time. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, it's. Um, Okay to say we have funny words sometimes for the parts of our body, but we also have the word that most people understand. And this is one. And if the parent keeps using the real word. Penis, penis, This is penis. your penis. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, he'll stop calling it. My whatever. Th- my whatever, monkey. my thing, my toy, <laughs> monkey. <laughs> Sorry, it just came to mind. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so number one in the preschool years, um, and maybe right off to kindergarten, we're talking about kind of labeling body parts comfortably with their accurate anatomic names. Right. So we're talking penis. What other words would you suggest that we parents use? I mean, there's like those other body parts. I mean, I can name them. But... There are some other body parts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm talking like scrotum, testicles, balls, butt, butthole. Like, I mean, what are the right words? I've got Stacy in the room here. She's <laughs> laughing at me. But I mean, come on. Like, what are the Is there any data behind all that um, on how we help kids feel comfortable and safe? And Well, that's a great question. Data. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, no, I know. I don't know about that. Okay. But the, but the um, I, I do know that kids will become more comfortable if they hear a synonym for the street name. Okay. So, butthole. Okay, right. Okay. Um, if well, butthole, that come like boys, that could come home, that comes home oh, from preschool, right? all the time, right? yeah. all the time. They all like pee together and stand naked together. And in you can bathroom. say, okay, another word for that is anus. Yeah. And you know what? Boys have them and girls have them. Yeah. We recently, my kids are school age, we recently got into this big dialogue about the planets and then there was Uranus. Oh, I yeah. said, you know, you know why some people call it Uranus? Yeah. <laughs> like Uranus is pretty funny. And that was the first time my nine-year-old had heard the word anus. And I was like, oh, see, Rob, I'm failing a little bit. We didn't yeah. get to anus until what? Third grade. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. No, you're not failing. It, it, um, at some point, um, boys just need to hear, or boys and girls, need to hear the uh, just the real words. And you yeah. can say, oh, what you're calling that what you're calling a boob. Yeah. Is a breast. Is a breast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and we can just do that level-headed and easy. Absolutely. Just clarifying and move right on. We can go back to talking about French fries. Really? Yeah. Okay. Right. So three to five, it's anatomic body part. Do we need to be talking about sex? I mean, sex? Intercourse? Like, is that, is that supposed to have come up at that well, point? Well, at that point, they'll probably be pl- doing some fa- uh, play, pretend play. Yeah. About family. Family. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's for both sexes. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, that's normal, and they're, they're going to have questions about it, and they're going to look at roles. And I think role modeling, parents are going to see yeah. about what he's learned about you and mm-hmm. his uh, surrounding adults. So it's just answering. Yeah. It's maybe not prompting. Okay. So then our kids go off to elementary school, that very scary place yeah. where there's, like, teachers and mean kids and nice kids and support staff. And we all worry about inappropriate touch. We all worry about safety. And then we worry about, like, what are the other kids bringing to our kids' right. you know, minds? So h- help us with these kind of early – these are my kids, right? I have right. a 7-year-old, a 9-year-old. Nine. Like, um, um, friends, what yeah. friendship means, uh-huh. uh, different types of friends you can have. Um, uh, letting what is it for – how would you define a friend? Someone you like. Uh, I, I, often, I heard a pediatrician once at a conference said something like, you know you're with a friend when you know you're with someone who makes you feel wonderful. Oh, that's good. 
I loved that. I was like, oh, yeah, because there are those frenemies that we have through life that we're really tortured by that when we're with them, they don't make us feel wonderful. Yeah. I, I, wish, I wish they all made me feel wonderful. No, I know. All of our <laughs> friends are stronger. Than... <laughs> yeah, but our kids, yeah. Okay. Um, but um, friendships, social interactions. And we're talking about sex there because sex is ultimately about relationships. It is. And, and uh, you already mentioned inappropriate touching. They're going to yeah. need to understand that so whole So what's concept. the way to say that? Help me with that. Um... Uh, he's going off to the first time he's going to sleepaway camp. And I say, what? Tell me what to say. It's going to um, happen in my life. <laughs> that some other boys in other families um, have different ways of understanding their bodies and touching them and touching others. And in our family, we think it is, it is not okay if you're being touched and feeling uncomfortable when someone does that. Do you mean touching you in any way that makes you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, now you need to clarify that because yeah. I mean most kids will feel uncomfortable when the healthcare provider touches them. Touches yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So that needs to be uh, reframed as okay, th- there are some cases where that is appropriate. Yeah. Um, when you have something going wrong with a part of your body and we need to sort of check it out. Yeah. Um, or if you are worried about whether a part of your body is normal, you got, it's nice to show somebody who can say, yeah, 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 it's yeah. normal. So when I'm in the wellness check, you know, in clinic, and, and all the patients and families who are listening know this, you know, I do a genital check, and I do it, and I, you know, until kids really want to be covered up, and that's variable. Yeah. But I say, you know, I'm touching your penis and your testicles right now. I'm doing that because mom's right here and because I'm your doctor. And then I teach them, you know, one of the things we know about preventing sexual abuse, which is not what we're talking about here in some ways, but yeah. we're talking about sexuality, is that you need to know that this is a part of your body you can touch whenever you want it's better if you touch it in private because it can sometimes make people uncomfortable but that's up to you and your family if someone else touches you that could be a kid or a family member or a grown-up in a in, you know then that's not okay and you need to find a grown-up you trust and what i've understood is that teaching kids how to say no you know really mm-hmm. so we role play and look i'm say I'm, i say what would you do if someone tried to touch your penis and they say oh i don't know or no and i think no you say no you know like <laughs> to back it off but the um in that in that conversation, which I think it makes us all uncomfortable, what is a positive message about sexuality in that age range? Instead of just stranger danger, you know, avoiding bad touch, right. what's a good message that we could even bring up about um, them touching their own penis, they're touching their own body, the way it feels when their penis gets bigger? You know, what is it that we could say that could help? Um, I think same thing I said before, which is uh, normalize it. It's a part of your body. And for all that you just said, which is appropriate to make a kid uh, aware of what an abuse situation would be, is that makes that area of the body very unique. Yeah. But it is a unique part of the body. Well, it is, well, but it's too. almost too much yeah. for, for some. I mean, for, for, for the adults who can't even bring up the subject of their genitals with their health care provider. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Come on, um, Then it's too much. Um, then, we've, yeah. then we've made we've the, the, the reproductive system, the genitals, uh, an area that's censored. I mean, think of it. I mean, a lot of societies and cultures have done that forever. Yeah, right, is right. We don't talk about that area. Right. We cover it up yeah. right from the very beginning. So, yeah, no. so I, I counter everything that you've done yeah. by then trying to normalize and say it is okay to touch that. It is okay to ask yeah. questions about it. It is okay to uh, bring it to the attention of me, the healthcare provider, if you're wondering if it's normal or not. Yeah. Okay. So 
parents, we can talk about stranger danger and yep. protection. And then at the same time, we can say it's really normal to touch your penis in private. Yeah. And you can always come and talk to us if you do. Yep. Okay. We're going to dial in now to the preteen time, pre-teen. the kind of 9 to 12. Tell us some good positive messages or conversations that we can start. You are going to be changing in the next few years. You sound like such a health educator. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Am I going to be driving down the... Okay, I'm going to say that. I am. I'm going to be driving down the road next week. Hit the good stuff first. Okay. You're going to be getting way taller. Yeah, nice. Because everybody wants to get taller. You're going to get taller. You're going to get bigger muscles, and you're going to be able to do stuff in sports or Mm, in activities that you couldn't do before. Nice. Love that. Great stuff. Yep. Okay. And that's going to come with new privileges. Right. Because people are going to start treating you as a grown-up. That's Boom. major like, power. Like, yeah, yeah. They were like that's major power. And you, yeah. and you can say the same things in your body that make all that happen make some other things happen too at the same time. Do you Have you heard the difference between dad's voice and your voice? Or dad's voice and your little brother's voice? Yep. Or, you know, have them observe yep. the changes. Right. Uh, they may have noticed... Um, body hair. Yeah. Oh, uh, they should have noticed body hair. And you can say that. Um, <laughs> they uh, have, yeah. Yeah. Some boys um, don't understand why pubic hair comes, but you can normalize and say, you know, it's part of the grown-up thing. That's the way grown-ups look. Right. And it's and it's normal. Uh, and and you're going to get hair in a whole bunch of places, but the amount of hair you're going to get is totally from your dad and mom from birth birth dad birth mom yeah and it has nothing to do with how much of a man, how much you eat or man how much, you're going to be uh, no yeah. how much uh, you know yeah. how, how masculine you are uh-huh. is how much hair is you, i mean is I that a question come up like, all, all the time how much hair they had well a, a lot yeah. of a lot of adults still associate you know hairiness with masculinity huh. um and it's it has nothing to do with it it's just right. how much hair you got yeah from from your genes yeah <laughs> it's all hair. it's all genetic so in regards to sex Actual sex, so oral, anal, okay. intercourse, um, you know, what are we saying at 9 to 12? Or what are the conversations we're starting if our kids aren't starting them on their own? Okay. Um, you can have that conversation leading off from something you heard in the neighborhood. You can do it from something in the news, something on the Internet, uh, or you can just bring it up. So what my mother did is she bought a horrible book? puberty book, yes, and she left exactly it on the coffee t- coffee me. table. <laughs> And um, she would keep peeking to see if I've moved the book or if there's <laughs> any evidence that I've actually looked at it. How and passive. I w- and I was so, so embarrassed. I did okay. look at it, but I made, oh, yeah. I made it clear I I looked at where our that baby she body, was not going to watch babies come from? Yeah, yeah. Where do babies come from? The drawings? Yeah, yeah. That, I, I looked at that constantly. Yeah. Yeah. But I was— um, uh, Rolling your eyes again. We didn't speak about this stuff. It was mostly the book. But I think a lot of families— are now able to speak about this stuff because there are a lot more books, right? Well, do you, yeah, a lot of books. Do you have particular books you love? For I'm talking, we're talking boys here and sex and nine to twelve year olds. Is there okay. a book? I well, can I, have a, I have a bad story. Okay, let's do bad story and then recommendations on okay. a positive. Okay, the bad thing. story is I went to a, a big box bookstore, and I said <laughs> I want to look at was, all the puberty books that safe. are on the shelf, yeah. and um, they said, okay, there's the puberty section. So I went over there. It was all girls' books. Yeah. All for girls. And I said, where's the boys' puberty book area? And she thought a second. And she said, oh, we have that. It's in the children with special needs section. Oh, no. My God. That li- literally, that's what she said. Wait, how long ago is this? 
Uh, this was about 10 years ago. Wow. And, and actually, there are not as near as many books for boys yeah. as for girls. Um, uh, Robbie Harris's books are uh, classics and standards. It's so amazing. Um, mm, yeah. Books like that. Um, Julie and I have compiled a lot of the questions that 10 to 12-year-olds ask. From your classes. Uh, from our classes. Yeah, great. So that, um, that's called Will Puberty uh, Last My Whole Life. I love this. I have to share this one. No, I'm going to share it. No, I'm going to share it now. <laughs> that one of our coworkers has gone, had gone to the class. Yeah. And... Um, uh, there's a you know a ten year old boy and dad sitting there and they're going through and literally in this class public you have to go to this class you get to go to this class let me say it that way um, dad and a boy between ten and twelve right that's right, the age you recommend right. and at one point during the class you have to kind of tell everyone around you what you're going to name your penis is this true. Um, <laughs> well, this happened in this class, right? So we were having a laugh this morning about this at the hospital, and that basically it was going down a line, and this dad was getting more and more progressively nervous, and like all the good names had been chosen, apparently. And so then someone said, well, what's your name? And he had no idea what to say, and his 10-year-old leans over, and he said, Dad, just call it a pickle. Which well, I just like yeah, actually, yeah, the, the way I do that is I, um, I've already given all the uh, standard names for the anatomy. Yep. But then I say, I give an example from my life is that a bully in my neighborhood used, he re- referred to the penis often, but he never used the word penis. Yeah. He used slang words. So I go through all the dads, all the, all, all, the, all the grownups, and I ask for slang words for penis. And it's hysterical. Um, you know, some parents are, uh, it's a little awkward because they're not used to <laughs> oh, really? saying a slang It's a little you know, awkward you know, yeah. all the slang words yeah. for penis? But, yeah. but I, it, the purpose of doing the exercise is that the boys will hear slang words of course. for everything to do with sex. Everything. And I point out, first of all, what's really odd, we have a thousand, maybe a million slang words for penis. How many slang words do we have for ear or, <laughs> or chin or other but body parts? But that's because it's like the, like the dark side of the moon. Like you can't. I exactly. Mean, Be, we, we, put, we put a loincloth in front of it. Parents say don't right? talk about it. So yeah. does that keep, keep kids from talking about it? Yeah. No. Makes yeah. them come up with funny words. Anyway. And the same thing would be for sex of all sorts. Can you talk about actual sexual intercourse with 10 to 12-year-olds? We do that all the time. Okay. All the so, time. So in one minute or less, what, are we gonna, what am I going to say driving down, the, driving down the street or maybe sitting with my son at the kitchen table? What, what am I going to – if I, he has not brought it up, how am I going to bring it up? Um, in the class, it follows a, an, an easy route yeah. because I'm, uh, I talk about the anatomy. I talk about sperm. I yeah. talk about eggs. I talk about female anatomy. Yeah. And I say – and I talk about showing and sharing your love. And when two people want to really be close and show and share their love, sometimes they get very close together. They want to touch and be together all the time. And we already talked about how you get erections. And one of the ways you get erections is because you are attracted to somebody. Uh-huh. And that's going to happen usually when you hit puberty and beyond. Uh-huh. Um, so they're already uh, here about the attraction thing. Yep. And they already know that they can get their penis erect from doing that. Right. And then I, already, I, ha- I have the pictures of the female anatomy and the male anatomy sitting up there on easels. And I say, if they want to get really, really close, closer than these two easels, then he could take his erect penis and put it in her vagina. That's called sexual intercourse. The is there act- a gasp in the crowd at that point? Uh, half the boys are like deer in the headlights. So about uh, half the boys... Like is I've never heard it before. Uh, this is new. Yeah. Um, okay, so class can help, but for those parents out there that don't have you in a class, are they doing that? I mean, is that kind of the way to do it? Um, you have a couple ways to do it. Some parents will start with reproduction. They'll start with how, where does a baby come from? Right. And you can talk about sperm and eggs, and how do those sperm and eggs get together? 
Yeah. Okay. That's, from, so, that's like the book Where Do Babies Come From. It I mean, is. I remember that it clearly. Is. But you're yeah. going in a way you're going backward and yep. and I've learned over time that if you do that, you have to be careful that you don't give the message that sex is only for reproduction because the kids will then ask, well, did you have sex more than with once. more than once or, or they count how many kids are in the family more than <laughs> no, three times. Right, right. Um, right. And, and that's a little awkward for a parent. Yeah. So another way to do it is to talk about attractions and crushes. And uh, for boys, they have a physical demonstration of when they get attracted to somebody, which is that erection. Um, And they will experience these erections even before that topic has come up. Um, And you can lead in from there about when you uh, care for a a girl or woman, sometimes you want to be physical with them. And there are lots of ways of becoming physical with them. So quickly going to the the more awkward and embarrassing questions, and the boys will do that, they'll say, what is oral sex? Because they've heard about it. They just don't know what it is. Um, My answer is amazingly simple. And I go, there are lots of ways to feel good when someone touches you and feel good when you touch someone else. You know what? Kissing is an example of that. You touch lips with each other. You touch your lips to someone else's cheek. You give someone a big hug. That could feel amazingly good if you care about that person. Now it's different when grandma hugs you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Different when They're grandma different kisses kind. you. It's a yeah. different, different feeling, different type of kiss and hug. And I say, and there are lots of parts of your body that you might find as you grow up feel good. And that's something you share with your partner. Uh, and, and that's it. You know, I don't get into what is oral sex, what yeah, is yeah. anal sex. You just answer it that way so that their mind finishes that a little bit on their exactly. own? Exactly. Now, I've, just, I've so much. just talked about sexual intercourse, vaginal intercourse. Yeah. Um, in the class. In the class. Yeah. And I, but uh, with parents, yeah. we can just answer that very cleanly in some ways to just say oral sex can be, I, I would say, kind of any touching of genitals to a mouth. Yeah. Mouth to genitals. Yeah. Right. I, if I do that in class, I get this grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, furrow. this look big for oh, yeah, yeah big time, big yeah. time. That's and the parents the are like sitting there going, oh my gosh, I can't yeah. believe. So I found this sort of, particularly for 10 to 12 year olds, when they ask a question like that, uh, it's something that they heard somewhere. And they're just looking for a simple yeah. clarification, yeah. not for a long dissertation kind of like on oral sex. Yeah, exactly. You want the, the parent wiki on these things. Wh- yeah. Just wh- kind of fact-based, short, short, short. no judgment moving forward. And or maybe mo- there is judgment because some parents want judgment to be infused in that, right? I mean— um, Parents come from their own— Bias. Uh, ba- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their own knowledge and their own uh, boundaries. And that's okay. You're supposed to be sharing that with your child yeah. as the child grows up. Um, Okay, we have made it through childhood, and this was our topic on what to say to boys about sex. I'm totally sweating. I just want to say I find this a little stressful. So if you are finding this a little bit stressful, you are not alone. This is something that we can do really easily, and I think we can be reactionary as parents, and I think we can be proactive. I'm going to practice and be proactive about talking to my boys about sex, and then I'm going to have Dr. Lehman come back to the show, hopefully, and we're going to to go through. I'm kidding. My poor boys. No, we're not going to go through the details, but like, yeah. So these are some um, sound bites and ideas. Uh, We will, on Mama Doc blog, put some books and resources that you can use as well. And again, I've been here with Dr. Rob Lehman, who's an emeritus professor of pediatrics and adolescent medicine. Rob, thanks so much for helping. You're welcome. You know, the reality is parenting is a high stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. 
Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 